I'm nicotine. I'm coming clean. I fooled the crowd when I made it sound like I was more than ready. Thanks for being here. This is the first episode of your podcast called When You Were Young. So I'm going to be interviewing you for this first podcast so you can tell us about why you're making this podcast, what people should get out of it, what you hope to accomplish, and also so people can learn a little bit about what it was like when you were young. Well, thank you for being here. You're also. welcome. It's my apartment, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Talk about that offline. Um, yeah, so what I hope to get out of it is learning about people's childhoods mm-hmm. and their hometowns and their relationships with those things when they were younger mm-hmm. and reconciling those things now presently, maybe in their 30s or, okay. you know, late 20s or what have you. And, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, quest. Okay. So let me ask you a question that I had when you first started talking about this idea. Mm -hmm. Is this just a podcast for people with happy childhoods? Because not all of us had a happy childhood. Like, is this for everyone or? So, I mean, what you're getting at here is that you know that I've had a happy childhood. Give it away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I don't think that's the reason why I decided to have this, but I wanted to learn about like, if you didn't have a good childhood, I want, I would be interested to know why. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly the people that I didn't grow up with, the people that my friends of mine or non-friends of mine, um, who I've met later in life that like, I know about what they do now. I know Mm -hmm. about what they were like a few years ago, Yeah. but I don't know about their hometown necessarily for most of them. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how they grew up and Mm -hmm. I'm curious of what they believe in those things now, you know? Yeah. And, um, who do you hope will listen to this podcast? That's a good question. And yeah, if like no one knows who we are yeah. in this episode, then damn, we are on to a great start, you know? <laughs> like, um, because I understand that I'm going to be interviewing at least people early on, people that I know, yeah. whether I've known them since I was four years old, shout out Sean Sullivan, or, you know, new friends of mine that I've met in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, that being said, I, Will strangers listen to this? Hopefully in the future, but in the in the current state, like I just look for this to be interesting for friends of mine or, you know, friends of mine who like don't even know the people that I'm interviewing, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, they just have some connection to like me or, or that person, you know. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about growing up is that you could have grown up on the same street as somebody and still have had a very different experience. Yeah. So, even or- though we will talk to people who you know, either you're close to or I'm close to, you won't, by any stretch of the imagination, be hearing the same experience over and over again. Right. And um, that could be true for people from different states, which I would find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, we know people, especially in our city of Philadelphia, who are from different states and different parts of this country, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but And the other thing that I, I personally find interesting is that if I was a stranger, I would still love to know if someone was my age like what were they listening to in high school or Mm -hmm. what sports did they play or what was their hangout spot you know what I mean even if they weren't from the same state like because of that like oh you you grew up when 
I don't know, NSYNC was big. Like, you remember that time. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't know the person I'm, I'm interviewing, like, I think that's cool. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, is there anything else that um, listeners should know about you before we start? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, it's you're going to be interviewing me, so perhaps they will learn those things. Yes, they will. Yeah. Okay, well, let's begin. Okay. So, Dan. Chelsea. Tell me what it was like when you were growing up. Well, I will start with where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, that is Haskell, New Jersey. Um, is Haskell, is that a town? or? Is it's a it great a... question. Uh, <laughs> there is a funny story attached to that. Uh, this kind of does inform where I'm from but like, and what exactly Haskell is. But uh, one time in high school, uh, really good friends of mine who, you know, Chris Mosson and Sean Sullivan, uh, were over at my house and we talked about this. We we're just like, let's find this out. Mm-hmm. So Chris looked up, I don't think we had Google then, but like found the number for like the town clerk's office and literally who, wh- whatever voices on the other line, he just asked them like, I have a quick question. <laughs> is Haskell, New Jersey, is that a town? And the woman said yes. And we like rejoiced. Yeah. And then like that conversation quickly fizzled and then he hung up. But, like, if you Wikipedia Haskell, New Jersey, it's an unincorporated community, and I think that woman huh. was wrong. I see. Um, granted, there is a zip, you know, we have our own zip code, Haskell does, a fire department, but, like, it's not a town. It is part of a borough of Wanakeel, which is up in the Ramapo Mountains of Passaic County. Mm-hmm. Um, so every yeah. time you meet somebody from New Jersey, you have to go through the sort of, like, classificatory, like... Here is the unincorporated area yeah. I'm from. Here's the town. Here's the nearest city. Here's right. the and you, region. We've been to enough like adult parties together mm. that like yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> let's let me try that again. We've been to enough parties together. Um, wow, I love parties. Yeah, that uh, you know you've you've heard my the classic scripted answer when someone's like, oh, where are you from? And I say New Jersey, and they say where you know what town. I say, oh, you've never heard of it, but. Pompton Lakes, Wayne. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't say Haskell here because you'd have no idea. Yeah, you have to kind of start the next level up and yeah, bring yeah. them down. Okay, so you grew up in Haskell. And would you say that Haskell had a really strong identity as a place? Um, I would say Haskell has kind of what Philadelphia has, which is, uh, it, I'm losing, the, what, what is it called? Uh, a uh, inferiority complex <laughs> to a degree. Okay. Because, you know, you get into the unincorporated community. I'm just going to say town for the sake of That's calling fine. it that. Sure. You get into the town of Haskell and it says, welcome to Wanakew. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> everyone could tell you it always, we were always like, you know, had kind of our metaphorical middle fingers up to that. Like, mm-hmm. that is not true. We're in Haskell right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess sort of the chip on your shoulder, like... I mean, the nickname of all Haskell people are Haskell Rascals. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think it's a place where, I, I mean, I personally, I, you know this, I love Haskell. I love where I'm <laughs> from. But I don't think it was ever a place where people were like, I gotta get out of here. You okay. know, like in high school, I like don't remember those phrases being uttered. Mostly because like... I think we all kind of were kind of prideful of being from this tiny town that had like one street light and not much to do. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a badge of honor, I guess. You mm-hmm. know? Um, even though it was very much like working class, like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So wait, are you saying that it was working class in the sense that people, it was like hard times for people? Or are you saying that it was middle class because people had houses? I forgot a uh, sociologist is <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> no, people no, no. are really wishy-washy on class and uh, they should not be. Yeah, this, I mean, I will probably get told that I am wrong, perhaps, but this, it was it's a working class town. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, this is from your... Your recollection or your understanding of it as a child is important here, so that's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like we're not I, really again. We spoke about earlier about realism, I but I don't mean necessarily like literally reality. It's okay if what we talk about is you know how you remember it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, I guess I want to hear more about people being proud to be from Haskell. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they proud of? It's tough for me to say. Okay. I will say, how about this? I know what I'm proud of. Yeah, sure. Um, and it is um, in that small, tiny, unincorporated community slash town of Haskell. Like, I think there are great, like, the people that I know that, like, um, I grew up with, in my opinion, are, like, salt-of-the-earth people. And I think people from my high school, which I'm sure we're going to talk about that, um... I think would say the same. And I went to like a regional high school. So there were a couple towns that went to that high school. And I think people there knew even that like Haskell people were cool. Like my friends were in, like were, were cool. Were mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I've always been prideful of it. And I think maybe that's why I'm like my friends and, you know, quote unquote, like peers. And like, I, I just think like in that small, tiny space with a bunch of Cape Cod sacked in each other. They were like, there's just really good people that live mm-hmm. in that town. Mm-hmm. And I can only say what I know of, like, my own childhood. But, mm-hmm. like, that sure. there's just in, in that town, like, there are a lot of good-hearted people. Mm-hmm. And... The town is nothing to write home about, you know? <laughs> like, it's it's what's inside of it. And I know that sounds like a Hallmark card, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I believe that. Well, we've heard a little bit about two friends you had growing up, Sean Sullivan and Chris Mawson. Mm-hmm. For anybody keeping track, that's three mentions of Sean Sullivan so far. Um, Sean Sullivan tracker. So can you tell me a little bit about what your friendship was like with those two? And maybe if you have any particular memories you can share about uh, that? Sure. So Sean is my first best friend. Mm-hmm. And I met him. Um, his older sister, Tara, is one of my sister's best friends. They, mm-hmm. went, they were the same grade the way Sean and I were. Um, same ages, too, obviously. Um, and I met Sean... We were like, and he would tell you this exact same story. Like we met um, dangling on like the Haskell school fence, waiting for our sisters to get out of, I believe, kindergarten because we were four. So they would have been six. Um, waiting for them to get out of like the bell to ring, like in, um, in Haskell Elementary uh, with both of our moms at our sides. And like, that's where I met Sean. And then shortly thereafter, we became really good friends. Um, and for Chris, it was kindergarten or first grade i want to say really first grade was when we became friends but um yeah the three of us were just you know pretty much inseparable from the ages of then until you know until everybody moved away for college yeah basically yeah yeah Yeah. um but yeah i want to know if you can recall like a memory or something so we can get a sense of what that friendship was like Mm -hmm. the thing that i always think about like with us three that is burned in my memory is us skateboarding to Chris's house on a Friday when we were, say, 7th grade um, from Haskell Elementary to Shady Ave, where Chris's uh, family used to live, and they sold the house a few years ago. And we would skateboard there, and we would, like, 
eat um, buffalo busters, they were called. <laughs> uh, they were basically pretzel bites, pretzel bites with like a little bit of zip to them. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we'd skateboard there and we'd um, we'd hang out and we would like literally like call the girls that we knew and like we were all going like the Haskell or Wanaku Elementary School dance like in two hours mm. and. Um, I think it like those Fridays, like drinking Pepsi, hanging out on his back deck and like kicking a soccer ball around. Like, this is what we did like every Friday for like what seemed to be like an eternity, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So one joke that you and I have, um, is often I'll ask you if you saw a movie or a TV show or read a book that I read when I was younger and I'll say like, Hey, did you ever watch Sailor Moon? And then I'll say, "Never mind, you were outside. Yeah. So you were kind of like an outdoor kid growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that is innate in you and how much of that is like changes in how kids grow up? Like, mm. do you think you could have been as much of an outdoor kid today as you were in, you know, the nineties? Um, it's, it's interesting because like I, when I live, so I'm, we moved, um, you know, very like Haskell way. Like we moved like to like, I grew up on Paul Place, mm-hmm. and we moved to Wanaku Ave, which was literally, like, I could see the roof of that house. It was my grandpa's house, and then my grandma passed away. He remarried. You know all this, but, um, and we, my dad and mom bought that house, and so when we moved to that street, which was an amazing street, because it was, like, there was, it was basically a dead end. It was in the shape of a P, mm-hmm. and what I'm getting at is that, like, I had really close friends, Matt Hall and Dave Hurst and even like Mike Zampezi and these other people that I can name that all were around the same age. And like, I don't know like if video games were, if they would, or the internet like was more like, um, easy to get then mm-hmm. as it is now. Like if we would, we would be outside doing what we were doing, you know, when we were doing the ages of like 10 and 15, but like, my God, were we out every single day, even though video games, like we had them, yeah, like, they, existed. I had, they existed, but like, <clears throat> and we cared about them to a degree, but I, th- I I just think if you live on the right street, which I did, which was like a no exit kind of street and kids at least like three or four years same age, like, oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. we were set. Now granted, we were all like athletic and liked sports and liked being outside. Mm-hmm. So that helped too. I think it was just what I'm getting at is a, I think it was a perfect combination. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, truly, like it was being outside all the time, which is something my dad talks about when he grew up. But I'm like, I had this, I did the same things, you know, in mm-hmm. the nineties mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. early two thousands. Yeah. And what did you do outside? Like, what were you doing when you were outside all the time? Literally every game imaginable. <laughs> I mean, we played kick the can, which was like an, it's like an old school. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've like, never even heard, I, I mean, I've, I've heard of that as like a joke. Yeah. Or like, they, you know, played that game like, I don't know, like in the 60s or like mm-hmm. on like the Brady Bunch or something. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, like we played that game too with like a Gatorade bottle. But like street hockey, basketball, snow football, touch football on the street. <laughs> I didn't even mention like the biggest of all was like wiffle ball in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a pretty small backyard, but like I guess when you were younger in grade school, like it was kind of a perfect wiffle ball field. And it, we played every single, I mean, we played wiffle ball every single day in the summer. We had... We had scorecards, we had names, we had the whole bit, and um, <laughs> Wiffle Ball was like, it was truly like life. It was like, when I watched The Sandlot, like, which is like one of my favorite movies ever, as you know, like, I, it, that was like my childhood, but with Wiffle Ball. And I mean, everything. We did, yeah. And then, 
in high school we would play manhunt which is like mm-hmm. hide and seek but for like well, i don't know older kids it's like the same roles but yeah um and again like people from my high school would come to our street to play because we had the no exit mm. and a bunch of yards to hide in and mm-hmm. a bunch of neighbors to get pissed off at us but <laughs> um yeah a lot mm-hmm. a lot of things yeah and bike and skateboard and do all that stuff too yeah um and were your parents kind of like go outside all the time were they were they ever wondering where you were did they ever um sort of like seem concerned about you coming home no because and this was like the best part and like one of the beauties of like living in like concentrated like new jersey and or like concentrated like suburban like north jersey is like we were right outside the front window like mm-hmm. we were generally playing with something right in, in again like in a block where there was really no like a way to easily get out of it because it was a pretty big like p it wasn't like a classic cul-de-sac it was a, there was a lot of houses on it um there was really none of like where on earth could where could danny be you know yeah um, was it almost like there was nowhere to get away to i don't i don't ever think we cared because we loved the street so much like we never mm-hmm. ringwood ave was just like a spitting distance away which was like the main street in haskell but like <laughs> There was nothing there. Like, we had everything we needed in, like, you know, on this block, honestly. So, like, my mom did not need to go far to find me. She had she could pick two two or three other backyards, and I would be in one of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know who everybody else on the street was? Pretty much. And if I didn't, my dad did, because mm. this is important. My dad grew up in the house that we bought. Mm-hmm. So we bought my grandfather's house and they literally owned it forever. And my dad was a child in it the way I was, mm-hmm. which is like my dad's favorite thing to talk about now. <laughs> um, and so he knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there was, I mean, I would imagine there was also a sense that like no matter where you went, there was like an adult nearby who kind of knew who you were. Yeah. One of the reasons why Liz or I, my sister, never threw high school parties. It was just never going to, like, you know... Not going to fly. Oh, Nina Van Hassett would have been, like, peering out the window. Like, it would have had my mom and dad, like, on the phone within seconds. Like, was never an option. That's great. Yeah. Um, I want to talk, if you don't mind switching gears a little bit, yeah. about your family and, like, your home. Everything mm-hmm. we've talked about has been kind of outside of the home. Yeah. So, I guess I want to hear about um, your family, like, sort of, like, from... Um, the viewpoint of you as a child, like tell mm-hmm. me about your family. And also, uh, I would like to talk about pets if you don't mind. Uh, sure. No, yeah. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I grew up with a pretty typical like family life. Um, my sister Liz is two years older than me and we were never at each other's necks. We kind of like hung out, like, especially in high school. Like we were like, I like knew her friends and, mm. um, yeah. So there was like, there was a good brother-sister relationship there from the beginning, I would say. And, uh, yeah, my mom and dad were, like, and are, like, incredibly loving parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, like, as I've gotten older, I've learned that, like, like my dad talks about, like, yeah, we didn't have any money. Like, mm-hmm. and I find that stuff so interesting because I had such, I had such a rich childhood without knowing that, like, not that my parents were broke, but that, like, there wasn't a lot to go around, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there was a reason why we were going down to the Jersey Shore every summer and not, like, I don't know, to Florida or, like, international. So, like, I think with, like, the means that we had, and mm-hmm. which was certainly, like, enough, you know? Sure. Um, there was a great family life. And my dad talks about this, is that, like, my dad was, like, an alcoholic. And so 
I I never really remember that stuff or and uh, we talk about it now, but like there are things that I just like I was too young to know. I think he got sober when I was eight. Mm-hmm. I'm thirty one, so mm-hmm. um so with all that, um stuff happening and like my mom, you know, obviously dealing with things like because of that, like there were things that I just didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um and that uh that were a part of I guess my childhood, but things I just don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So things that are kind of like at the they they aren't part of your memory, but they influenced like the tenor of your upgrowing growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning like, you know, you don't have memory of things that might have altered the sort of like happy family dynamic. Mm-hmm. You remember it being happy and Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And at times like it wasn't, um as far as I know. Mm-hmm. But like truly like when I look back on those things, like I don't I don't it's really only fond memories I really don't mm-hmm. remember or um think about like mm-hmm. um this is a small detail but i think it's interesting did you uh buy lunch at school or did you bring lunch to school um bought i would say once a week okay. maybe uh-huh. yeah that's a, that's a great question because like i remember the kids that like bought lunch all the time and i don't know what i didn't know what that meant then <laughs> yeah. or even really now in a lot of ways but like my mom made, I mean, we had whole wheat turkey. I had a whole wheat turkey and cheese sandwich, I think, every day. And Liz, my <laughs> sister. so, like, a whole wheat turkey and... On brand, right? Like, yeah, that is so, like, ex- explanatory of who you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not meaning, like, that you're basic, but just, like, you truly enjoy a sandwich. Yeah. And, like, it yeah. really just gives you a smile. Yeah. I'm wondering, cute. like, gosh, was it, was it plain? Because I don't really like. Yeah, was there mustard, mayonnaise? Was it plain? I don't know. We can ask Liz next time. Okay, so there was a a whole wheat turkey and cheese sandwich. Was there anything else? Um, maybe like an apple and like Uh some pretzels. But my mom was like, like kind of a health freak. Like there was no (laughs) soda in the house. I went to like my uncle Mike and Aunt Patty's down the street for soda. Like (laughs) truly, like I would go Uh sometimes there just to like invade their trunk drawer and like have like you know guzzle down like 24 ounces of coca-cola how did your mom feel about that probably not great but she knew that like well it's not gonna be in this house so like yeah have it every once in a while if you want like yeah go crazy kid Mm -hmm. uh but yeah no i i mean lunch was brought and like liz like never loved liked cold cuts peanut butter and jelly (laughs) yeah that's so funny um okay so let's talk about pets i knew you grew up with Dogs and cats. I'd mm-hmm. like to hear about all of them. Okay. So when I was very young, I was basically like born into two cats that my parents already had, which mm-hmm. were Cosmo, uh, both indoor cats, Cosmo and Chicken. <laughs> Cosmo named after Cosmo Kramer. That sure. is true from yeah. Seinfeld. Chicken, I think my mom said that like the cat was just always scared, so they just Aww. called it like Chicken. Yeah. Um, and then we had those for a while when I was like really young, and when I like I still kind of remember them vaguely. But um, and then, and then like everything changed when we got a dog, which was like Augie, our <laughs> first um, of two uh, yellow lab retrievers. Uh, we also like I think yeah, once Cosmo and Chicken passed away, mm-hmm. we got Bruce the cat, and mm-hmm. I think you know what that cat is named after. <laughs> um, who? 
which my dad was allowed to name, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, awesome. And then we got we got Augie, uh, the first yellow lab, and then about five years later, I want to say we got Ruby, which was from the same breeder, and it was uh, the niece of Augie, which was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So how many years between Augie and Ruby? I think five. Five years. Yeah. So we had Augie, and we were obsessed. You know, first family dog. <laughs> it was it was amazing. Yeah. And then yeah, and then we wanted. I guess my parents just wanted to have two. Yeah. And we did it. Can you tell a story about Augie? Yes. <laughs> I know where you... I have one favorite story about this uh, dog. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can tell, I mean, tell whatever one you want. But... Yeah. I'm thinking of two, and Augie, so out of the two, Augie and Ruby, Ruby was the later one, but like sharp as the tack. Smaller, uh, she was a female, mm-hmm. um, but so smart, great swimmer, like just on it. Augie would like have this big head that we swore was hollow and like he was just he was just dumb he yeah, was a dumb dog, a dumb dog and he did dumb things and I'll give you two of them actually <laughs> like one was I was like there was a neighbor on this was Paul Place I was probably in I don't know second or third grade mm-hmm. and <clears throat> a neighbor was over this younger girl she was younger than me maybe like five and she was like petting Augie and Augie wasn't uh neutered yet oh, okay and um he like oh no pounced and like was was like humping this oh no this five-year-old <laughs> and the mom is running over and i am like i feel helpless like yeah and i like run inside my mom is showering i'm like mom. <laughs> yeah oh no yeah so that was that was tough and uh, <laughs> i think everything was resolved but i don't know if that kid ever came over again yeah. And then the other one of Augie is my, this has to do with my mom mm-hmm. and my mom was not really a cursor, mm-hmm. did not, did not like to do it in front of the kids at, at least, like, yeah. especially when we were younger, like did not really utter many swears. That was more for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he was a big cursor either, but you know, there was a shit every so often, you know, sure. yeah. my mom, no, except the time when she like was getting laundry from downstairs in our basement and these, we had a fenced-in front yard and backyard, and so Augie was outside, and he had managed to like knock over the recycling can from the backyard and just kind of sprayed all of these newspaper clippings and cardboard like in the front yard. And I still remember my mom like holding a laundry basket, looking out the front door, and just going, "That fucking dog!" <laughs> and like I was like not mortified, but I was like, "Oh my god." My mom just said the F word, you know? <laughs> and uh, but like, what in that? Like now, as being like an adult, like mm-hmm. how often do you just like drop the F word? Like you 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 stub your toe or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just say it, and like maybe it's part like not part of your natural like speaking, but you just say it, and mm-hmm. like she was just like busy, a busy mom, and just saw the dog like another chore she had to do basically, <laughs> right. and she was livid. Yeah, that fucking dog. Fucking dog. Um. Okay. So, maybe we can go back to high school now. Sure. So, you went to Lakeland Regional High School. I did. Which was multiple towns? It was multiple towns. It was three. It was Haskell, Wanakue, which, if you were keeping track at home, uh, Haskell's in the uh, borough of Wanakue. So, there was a Wanakue Elementary. There was a Haskell Elementary uh, separately. And then Haskell, Wanakue, and then Ringwood, the big town mm. um, down the road on Ringwood Ave. Mm-hmm. Uh, all went to... And what was the size of your graduating class? 240 kids. Okay. Which 
is bizarre because that's small and it's uh-huh. North Jersey, a concentrated area of three towns. Yeah. You know? Uh huh. So yeah, two forty. Why were there so few people? I mean, like yeah, like you said, we're talking about northern New Jersey, close to New York, on a bus line to New York, mm-hmm. and yet at a regional high school, there's only two hundred forty students. Can you explain that? Uh, a graduating class was two forty, but yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I would say Haskell, small town. Yeah. Dense but small. Yeah. In mileage. Same thing with Wanakew. Yeah. And then Ringwood, big town. Yeah. But filled with land. Okay. And not so as like many mostly houses. Woods. Yeah. Like yeah. it is like Ringwood is four sections of a town. It's like there are four communities, mm-hmm. basically lake communities more or less. Skyline, Cupsaw, Erskine, and then uh, the Forgotten Stone Town, which doesn't have a lake and is kind of out there. Okay. Uh, sorry, Stone Town people, but <laughs> tough to get service out there. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I, I just it, Ringwood was huge, but like mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it was surrounded by a reservoir, Wanakee Reservoir. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I grew up in like a reservoir town too, which is always kind of cool. Like, mm-hmm. Beautiful, you know, country roads and a lot of like you know woodsy roads, like yeah. surrounded by a reservoir. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just a bunch of land and like houses, but just more land than houses, I'd say. Yeah. Um. So let's like really dig deep on the details of your high school experience here. What? Was um, AOL Instant Messenger a big part of your high school experience? Huge. Okay, starting when? Starting, uh, I mean, right away. Okay. Yeah, we're a little, I mean, you're 31, I'm, I'm 31, you're 28. Yeah. I almost got that wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but are you saying that you started? I think maybe? I started in eighth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, I okay. think it was eighth, seventh or eighth grade. I got like a kids only. Like I couldn't really use the internet. Uh-huh. There was like different levels of, like for the real like, OGs, like there was, there was an original like AOL before I had instant messenger. I had like American Online, yeah, and it was like a kids only account when I was in eighth grade. But yeah, it was in high school. If we want to go there, like huge. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what was your screen name? I had two total. Wow. Okay. I mean, at different times, I didn't have like a burner screen name. That <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like. So, that's a thing. My first, when I was like, definitely in grade school, was Daniel Boone 24. What? The face that you just made. <laughs> so my my cousin Mike, Carrie, and Jimmy. Yeah. And Liz, too. Like, we all kind of had nicknames for ourselves, like each other. And okay. for whatever reason, I think my cousin Carrie coined it for me. Was Like, she just called me Daniel Boone. Okay. And, um... Then... And then, the, sorry, the second one yeah. was, like, the more, like, high school one. <laughs> was Holy Cannoli... Four two eight six. Okay, let's break this down. Okay. So, um, Cannoli is a portmanteau of your last name, Connolly, right? Right. And then four two six eight. What's that? What does that represent? Four two eight six. Yeah. Uh, no idea. Nothing. They were even numbers, and they looked cool together. So okay. that Got was it. that. Cool. Yeah. I don't think that's a. I think that's a nice one. I don't think that's that bad. Okay. Yeah. Some. I mean, we'll take it. maybe we're all bashful about our own, but I, I'm. Like, mine is god awful, and well, we'll listeners would have to stay tuned to hear yeah. mine. Um, okay. So, uh, would you say you were on instant messenger every night? Every night. Every night. Okay. Every night, and the issue with that was that the computer was in my parents' bedroom. Oh no! No joke. I would be typing. Click a click a click a click. While my parents were like sleeping behind me, God, oh I, God. I was like, we were—I mean, my friends at least—we were obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And of course, you, you said nothing in Instant Messenger, or you said everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. But uh, 
Yeah, so I, I mean, every night, and and they and I would just remember like nine thirty at night. I they, both of my parents would be asleep because they were like they went early to bed, mm-hmm. and I just remember like you know ten o'clock, and I just remember like hearing Dan <laughs> from your dad. Yeah, enough, you know, like yeah. Um, but yeah, it was every night. That's so funny. Uh, were you talking to girls on Instant Messenger? Like, was that one of the objectives? Wouldn't you like to know? I would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, it was easy, you know? Like, it's a messenger was a barrier. Like, you know, you didn't have to get on the phone. It was, right. yeah. it was cake. Do you recall having particular profiles or away messages? Like, what what was fodder for your, <laughs> for your online presence? There were some away messages that I still remember. I have no shame in admitting that like the one that I remember the most mm-hmm. was a uh, song from that we may have played today in the car no we didn't play it um, the song Screaming Infidelities by Dashboard Confessional yeah one of the greatest high school songs of all time okay. in my opinion uh, I mean of our era you know sure. I can't say not yeah. of all time yeah. yeah you did say of all time but that's fine yeah keep going uh, yeah it was um, it was I'm missing hold on let me get this right <laughs> I'm missing your laugh. How did it break? And when did your eyes begin to look fake? Ooh. I'm, I hope you're as happy as you are pretending. Ooh. I mean. It's like a knife to the heart. Yeah. I mean, if I was the girl you had a crush on and I happened to read your away message, I would be like, wow. Yeah. Maybe I underestimated that. Holy cannoli. Yeah. 4286. <laughs> 4286. Uh, yeah. So that was one I remember. And then, I mean. It was that time to just, there were emo lyrics, like, mm-hmm. that were just, you would think these songs were written for instant messenger. They were so good. They were yeah. so perfect for, like, the high school yeah. away message. What but, yeah, that. Ones? Um, I remember putting Blink-182, a lyric of Blink-182's Feeling This. Okay. Uh, which a song is you probably a song you don't know. Mm-hmm. They fell short this time. Smile fades in the summer. I do Great know that song, song because a... you played it very recently. Oh yeah, yeah, I was getting, I was in the mood. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that was one of them, probably geared towards another girl that didn't yeah. like me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that was one I remember, and I'm sure like a Taking Back Sunday lyric. From like greatest romances of the 20th century off of the album uh, Tell All Your Friends. But like, I don't know what lyric I can't mm-hmm. remember. But definitely Screaming Infidelities was the big one. Yeah. And then my profile, like, I don't know what I put in my profile other than my Lakeland Regional High School soccer record of like. Nice. Yeah. That was Very a cool. Thing. Yeah. Was, did you have a phone? I had a, yeah, and it was because of soccer. I oh. had a cell phone. My mom allowed me to have a cell phone when I was 14, wow. which was kind of a big deal. That's early um, for that generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Liz, my sister, who, like, she was the first one, unfortunately. Like, I got a phone at 14, which meant she got one at 16, but it was like, those are two big differences of yeah. years, you know, of yeah. getting a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I had, a, I had a phone because there was really no pay phones at the school, so my mom was just like, this isn't obviously strictly for this because you can now use your phone for whatever you want, even though it wasn't a smartphone, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it was like, when practice is over, give me a call. Because practice wasn't like a dead stop at 6. It was like, it could end at 5.30, it could end at 6.30. Like, mm-hmm. So I got a cell phone because of soccer. Shout out, soccer. <laughs> Shout out, soccer. Uh, and you were pretty good at soccer, right? I was not as good as you think I was. I think you thought I, I was I prefer a, to believe that you were like the star you soccer player. You were like your parents, my in-laws, I, like a 
few weeks ago as like a soccer star. I was not a soccer star. I was good. I started my uh, my junior and senior year on varsity, which is like wow, I guess, cool. <laughs> uh, but it was something. I mean, I hoped I was pretty good. I, I played my entire life. Like yeah. other than I, I mentioned wiffle ball earlier, but like soccer wasn't a pickup thing. It wasn't like a neighborhood thing. But organizationally, like soccer, I played since I was five years old. Um, miss it dearly now, even though I know I should play like around town, you know, around the neighborhood and whatnot with people. But <clears throat> um, yeah, I was I was good. And our team was really good my senior year. We were 14 and 6. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we all remember that record. And it's like, it was just, it encapsulated also like m- what I believe, my, like my high school experience, which was great, so mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. My so- like my senior year of soccer, like all those guys, I can name all of them. And like, we were all texting like a couple weeks ago, even like mm-hmm. in a group text. Not all of us, not all the seniors, a good amount, like, because one of them was at a wedding and they were... He met a guy from West Milford, which was, like, our rival high school. <laughs> like, nobody likes West Milford. And uh, G. Mancini texts all of us and was like, hey, I'm at this wedding with this kid from West Milford. And he said something along the lines up to me, like, oh, you went to Lakeland? Like, yeah, you you beat our ass, like, senior year, like, twice, <laughs> right? And she was like, yeah, we did. And he texts that to us. We were all, like, still felt proud of it at 31 years old. Like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. You, you know? still got it. Still got it. Uh, yeah, so I was I was good, but our team was, was better. Like, we were yeah. really good good squad definitely my senior very valiant of you to say um who were you in high school i well i've bounced around okay to a number of different groups um i hung out i mean i hung out with like what you would call the jocks i guess like i played soccer but i also like it was the only sport i played like in the school but i hung out with those people like yeah i hung out with like you know football players and baseball players because they were like some of my best friends Matt Hall was a was a good football player Dave Hurst was like the best baseball player of our high school like mm-hmm. of our graduating class and like so they were sports like figures in our like high school I I hung out with everyone and I don't mean to like I mean so I was personality plus in our like high school what does that mean <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was your, you want a superlative. It was a superlative in like our, yeah. our yearbook, which you had those, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's um, but yeah, in the yearbook, I had that distinction. And I. Uh, Personality plus. Yeah. yeah. Um, aren't you lucky? Yeah, extremely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, so I like hung out with the kids who listened to music, the kids who skateboarded, the kids who played sports. Like, I was. Mm-hmm. Not like I guess a social butterfly, but I was also like I was fairly shy. I don't know if everyone knew me even mm-hmm. in a big in, in a small grade like that. But yeah. I mean, I wasn't popular. I was popular adjacent, you know. Like I was okay. friends with the popular kids, but I was not part of like mm-hmm. the core. Right. Never in the running for like homecoming king or anything like that. No. No. Okay. No. Got it. Um, so we talked a little bit about music. I think we should probably get back there. Sure. So, um, what were some of the more important albums of your high school years? Okay. Oof, this yeah, is... we might be here. For yeah, a long time. this is gonna be tough. When I think about like my freshman year of high school, definitely that was when emo like really came on for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that's when I was like dressing more skater. Mm-hmm. I was a little darker, like of a person. It was a freshman year. Like I was like. I was wearing like Atticus t-shirts if you remember those Whoa, it was like a, I do. it was definitely a uh, I mean we went to PacSun and, and Hot Topic way too often to buy new t-shirts like <laughs> yeah. ridic- Like we should not have been spending $25 on t-shirts as 14 year olds but we were mm-hmm. um, 
but it was because of the music it was because of like I mean tell your friends by taking back Sunday uh, through being cool by saves a day I don't know when that came out but at least when I I think it was 2001 so 2002 I, I really got into that when I was a freshman and I mean say like you mean it by the starting line which is now we played the other day mm-hmm. uh, which you were like this is pretty good mm-hmm. and it's, it, is, it good. is pretty yeah. good and then as I got older, the same kind of genre-ish, but like Motion City soundtracks, Commit This to Memory, mm. um, easily in my top five of high school. Oh man, I didn't even talk about Ska. <laughs> ska in New Jersey. Big deal. Big deal. And so, uh, Keysby Nights by Catch-22, and then they turned into Streetlight Manifesto, but like, Keysby Nights was incredible. Um, so like those four, and like getting into like, Dashboard... The format uh, and like um, everything in transit by Jack's Mannequin. Mm-hmm. It's massive too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff, I wasn't listening to like, I mean, I really stayed in that lane, I think most of high school. I didn't really go, like, I think Sean Sullivan, another name drop of the same person, what's up, Sean, was listening to like, he was listening to like Bright Eyes, uh-huh. you know, like you were. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that, but I just was not, I don't think I was like, would have cared for like the kind of old country folk leanings of that stuff. Sure. I just wanted to give me like the pop punk and the emo like all day. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I guess to wrap up the conversation about high school, Mm -hmm. if you could do high school again, Mm -hmm. would you? This is a funny question because like I'm talking to you, my spouse and someone who I am like building a life with, (laughs) have a future with. The answer is yes. <laughs> I knew it. Oh my god. Um, I would. I w- I would. Yeah, I think I would. Okay. Sorry, I'm like mulling this over. That's as okay. I, I just said it, and that was a, that's a big deal. I mean, we're not talking about like, are you going to take four years off of our marriage to experience time travel? <laughs> we're just saying like, right, right, know. right. If all things are equal, and if like. Yeah, you know. if you could experience that one more time, yeah, you would. I would. Yeah, I would. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks. It's wild. Hopefully, I mean, I assume we'll hear a diversity of opinion on this podcast yeah. about that. But yeah. Okay, so I have a few sort of like you know questions that don't necessarily lightning round. <laughs> yeah lightning round. Try to try to keep it brief if you can. Sure. Do you have a, an embarrassing memory from your childhood? So I wouldn't say I have. A traditional like embarrassing story but I do have a really good kind of unbelievable story that has like small embarrassing moments throughout mm-hmm. so um, and it's about the only bone I've ever broken okay I think I know this story but I, I maybe I don't know the whole story yeah so kickball was a really big deal to my eighth grade class we played it every recess on the blacktop we loved it mm-hmm And another person who played with us was a teacher, and he goes by the name of Mr. Lessler. Now, Mr. Lessler still teaches at a Haskell Elementary School, and believe it or not, my cousin Sean, who is like six years younger than me, is now a teacher there and a colleague of Mr. Lessler's, which is just a very Haskell thing in and of itself. And so Mr. Lessler played with us every day because he was a lunch aide, and so he like, that was his duty during that period to make sure no horsing around was happening, and, but he also just loved playing with the kids, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. Lesser at the time was probably 28, 29, and I'm sure he still is, but back then was like just the man. Loved sports, loved talking music with the kids. 
And he was also like a neighboring town, like high school football coach. Mm -hmm. And this is important because like Mr. Lessler was built like a linebacker. (laughs) He was not a small man. And, but it was blacktop kickball. What could go wrong? Right. Well, in this particular fall day, Mr. Lessler was up to the plate and I was playing first base like I always was. And he kicks the ball to the second baseman. It was Matt Sherhall and one of my really good childhood friends. Always sure-handed, scoops up the ball and shoves it over to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just ready in position to catch the ball, not worried about anything else. Mr. Lessler is hauling ass <laughs> down the first baseline. Again, super competitive guy, you know, uh-huh. football coach, like, didn't take anything lightly. Mm-hmm. And I catch the ball and I just feel this energy <laughs> rushing towards me. Like a gust of wind. Yeah. And so about two feet from where I'm standing, Mr. Lesler trips running full speed and momentum and just out of instinct kind of grabs onto me to brace his fall Uh and pancakes me between (laughs) himself and the blacktop. And I just hear the shattering of a bone. Oh, gross. And it's one of those moments where I'll never forget laying down on the ground and like my eyes just like blinking open and seeing all of my friends in a perfect circle around me, including Mr. Lessler, just with their mouths wide open, like, oh my God. So I like get helped up and I pull my shirt down to like look at the damage and not to get too graphic here, but like the bone wasn't out of the skin, but the Mm -hmm. skin and the bone were Mm -hmm. raised to like an inch Mm -hmm. and it was like, painful but also incredibly numb yeah and another lunch aide rushes over this older woman and she was like you have got to go to the nurse immediately (laughs) so mr lesser and i take the walk to miss caputo's office the nurse (laughs) i'm mortified but he's like five times more mortified you know and probably like terrified like he's like i'm gonna lose my job exactly had to to have been thinking that yeah right so we walk to the nurse's office and like we get to Miss Caputo, the grade school nurse's office, and like she was helping out like kids with like stomach aches and like here's a cough drop, but like I come in with this shattered shoulder. She calls my mom immediately. Mm-hmm. My mom rushes over. Mr. Lessler sweating bullets. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> and we Get out of there. She drives me to Chilton Memorial Hospital, where my Aunt Patty was a nurse at. I get uh, a couple x-rays done and a couple different tests. And sure enough, I have a severely broken clavicle and a separated shoulder. And they say, like, here's some pain medication. You're going to need surgery in the next couple days. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of arranged. I go home. I wake up the next day. I have broken out into hives. And my stomach is in knots. I am allergic to the pain medication that I was given. Oh, no. And, but we have two doctor's appointments that next day. I have to go to my general practitioner's and go to, like, the surgeon's office to talk about the upcoming surgery. Mm-hmm. Those appointments were, like, an hour apart from each other. In both waiting rooms, I throw up in both of them <laughs> because of my allergic reaction. And I'm not talking about, like, in the bathrooms of the waiting rooms. Like, in front of people trying to run to the bathroom, throw up over myself so we we you know both appointments happen um i find out that the surgery is going to be in a couple days and the surgery happens and it goes perfectly fine i have two pins sticking out of my shoulder um 
to reset the bone and, and you know, uh, they're like things you would like stick in like a Thanksgiving turkey, like long, like metal pins. I'm I've never stuck a pin in a turkey, but okay. I can imagine that these are horrible, grotesque pins yeah, stuck yeah. in your shoulder. So I, they're not going to be permanently in there. I'm going to get them taken out. So after the surgery, I come back home and it's this, you know, same day surgery. I come back home and I see like, there's just a bunch of gifts like on the, on the, on the dining room table and like gifts from like my friends and my family. Cause this is like, you know, kind of a big deal just given the circumstances, you know, yeah. but also there's a section just from Mr. Lussler <laughs> and I got from Mr. Lussler, I got a, like a sports calendar, a couple of books whose titles I don't remember. Classic. Big surprise. <laughs> I got a VHS of the uh, previous year's Subway Series. It was when the Mets and the Yankees were in the World Series together. <laughs> you, I, on VHS? Yeah, on VHS. <laughs> and But the two most important were the debut album by Sum 41. Mm-hmm. It's called All Killer, No Filler. If you remember, <laughs> and the single was Fat Lip. I do. Big song. Yes. And uh, a copy of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wow. And I, which I had not seen mm-hmm. up until that point. You could imagine, like, a perfect gift. Like, yeah. I, I really, truly, like, could have broken another shoulder to get those two <laughs> gifts like that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, I'm then at home for, like, two weeks recovering. And you would think I'm at home and, like, price is right every day. You think it's just, like, awesome. But it was, like, I found out I couldn't play soccer for the rest of the season because this was, like, early in the fall. Mm. And I just had this, like, fear of, like, truly, like, missing out at school. I wanted to be, like, around people. And and at the same time, MTV was running Usher's latest music video, and it was called If You Got It Bad. Remember that song? Wasn't it just You Got It Bad? Oh, yeah. You Got It Bad. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I love that song. I, I mean, Usher. Yeah. Yeah. Big stuff. It's a great song, but it's, like, a really sad song. And I'm, like, sulking <laughs> in the couch, and the chorus of that song is, you miss a day without your friends, your whole life's a drag. And I was, like... He was speaking to me, you know? It was like the first time in my life. Like, I look back and I was like, like the little hints of like being depressed were like there, you know? It's uh-huh. just like crazy. Uh-huh. So, like, the days go by, I'm at home, and then the phone rings. And I pick it up, and I hear on the other line, Hi, Dan, this is Principal Gangora. Can I talk to your parents? Like, imagine that. Like, the principal yeah. calling your home. But here's the, here's the thing. Like, here's the unique situation. The principal calls me, asks for my parents. Yeah. I'm not in trouble. The right. school is in trouble, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she needs to talk to my parents about the medical bills. Yeah. And I was told from my parents that that conversation was basically like, they the school wasn't sure if they are going to be able to cover the medical bills of this. And my parents made it clear, like, we do not want to sue you guys. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lesser especially, like, was was been so good with Dan and... And, you know, we don't want to do that. But you're going to pay for these medical bills <laughs> or else. You know right. what I mean? And that conversation after a couple more quickly, you know, they, they paid for them. They covered them. And then I finally get to go back to school like a couple weeks later. And it's like it was like being the coolest kid on campus, except like that cool kid. He, I was a science experiment. You know, I had like everyone wanted to see my shoulder. They wanted to see the pins. They wanted to yeah. hear the full story uh-huh. about what happened that day on the blacktop. And it was an interesting situation because the school was terrified that something else was going to happen with me. Mm-hmm. And so I was given I got to pick a friend, basically my own personal bodyguard for like a month after that. 
because I'm going to sling and like my shoulders all like bandaged up and they just want to make sure that I'm not going to bump into anyone in the hallway. <laughs> so I get to leave class five minutes before it ends mm -hmm. and arrive to my next one. So I don't have to see anyone in the hallway and don't like rub shoulders with anyone. <laughs> the shoulder kind of heals and then I have to go back to, you know, about six weeks later, I go back to the, uh, the surgeon's office to get the pins removed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how exactly that was going to happen, but no joke, like my mom and I are sitting in the room and the doctor says, okay, everything looks great and I'm going to go get the pliers and I'll be right back. And like, just the, I look at my mom, I'm like, what? And sure enough, he comes back with like, you know, meta, they're, you know, they're not like toolbox pliers, yeah. they're like medical pliers. Okay. And I just have to, you know, there's no pain medication for any, or anything, but it's like, he's just like, okay, look this way. Are and I look kidding? the other way and just like yanks out both of these pins, oh my which God. wasn't, there wasn't pain, but it was like, you can imagine like the weirdest feeling of like metal being removed uh -huh. from the body. Uh -huh. Very like, really, like yeah, it was really weird. And yeah. And so the, the, you know, everything heals, but like even to this day, like I still have the, sh my clavicle and my shoulder still will never feel perfectly smooth. There's still bumps in it. There's still a really big scar mm -hmm. and the, you know, the two little dots where the pins were. But the end of the story happens eight months later at my Haskell school graduation. Okay. And I remember my dad, my mom. This was, sorry, eighth grade graduation? Yes. Yeah, so I'm later that year. Confirming. Okay, yeah. Great. So later that year, you know, my dad is there, my mom's there, sister Liz is there. I remember my grandpa and his wife, Vicky, are there. My mom's dad. Mm -hmm. And... After the graduation, my dad goes to my grandpa. He goes, hey, Jim, let's go. He, see, he sees Mr. Lesser near the refreshments in the back. He goes, let's go talk. Let's go talk to that teacher over there. Oh, my there. God. To set the scene, like, my grandpa was, like, had a heart of gold, but, uh -huh. like, grew up in, like, a rough neighborhood in New York City in, like, the 40s, lied about his age to get into, like, the Korean War. Hmm. This was, like, he was not a guy that, like... He had a look like you didn't you don't want to mess with this guy if you didn't okay. know him. Mm -hmm. So my dad's like, Jim, let, let's go back back by the refreshments. And there's Mr. Lessler. So my dad, my my grandpa are walking back there. My grandpa's got that look like you know Tony <laughs> Soprano has when something's about to go down. And my dad reaches out his hand for Mr. Lessler. He grips it a little bit tighter than he would anyone else. And he says, You know, the only thing that really pisses me off is that you were safe. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the incredible. only bone I've ever broken. It's an incredible story. Yeah. Start to finish. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. <laughs> um, who was your biggest, most hopeless crush? Nikki Delmonico. <laughs> she knows this. I, I'm, I'm not like laughing at her existing. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, I've never met her. I don't know her. Right. She has a very New Jersey name. She does. And I yeah. say that with affection. Yeah. And it's just, it sounds fictional when you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I played on the soccer team and right. uh, I was kind of into Sum 41 and my big crush was Nikki Delmonico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Nikki, her. wherever you are, hope you're doing yeah. well. Yeah. I'd love to meet Nikki. you one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. We, we, we became like good friends, you know. That's nice. Like we've laughed about it many times probably. Yeah. Do you have a first memory? Running in the front yard of mm -hmm. the Paul Place house when I was like, you know, probably six or seven. 
yeah. with like Liz and like my mom in like the summer while my dad was at work and my mom was at home like mm-hmm. kind of being a mom you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah um okay last question unless you want there to be more questions I think this is good okay so the last question is um if you could communicate something to your younger self and it doesn't necessarily have to be at any certain age, but, um, you know, if you could hand a piece of information or like a reassurance or, um, anything to your younger self and have them understand it and like internalize it, Mm -hmm. what would that message be? Mm -hmm. What a time for our cat to enter the room. (laughs) Our cat is here. Amazing. Uh, be, be as active as possible. And I don't mean just like be running around as much as possible, but mm-hmm. like even in grade school and high school, like do, do more things. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, if you think about it, you just have access to all of these things. Like in, even in high school, like you could be in mm-hmm. all these clubs, like, and just learn these things. And now that we're like adults, like, you know, maybe sometimes we wonder like, I wish I like knew more. I wish I like had more hobbies or more skills or um and those things are like like grade school and high school like those mm-hmm. can be that those are the, the foundations of figuring out like what it is you love and i know all the things i love now but when i think back like all those things are at our disposal you know and speak up more hmm. i was a pretty quiet kid yeah yeah at least like childhood wise i was pretty quiet what i'm glad i don't have to say is like you know i wish i kept up i wish i kept in touch or like what i would mm-hmm. say to my younger self is like remember these people you know keep Mm. in touch with them and like hold them close to you and like i am very lucky and not just because of me but it's also because of those people that like some of my longest time friends are still my friends and Mm -hmm. um made plenty along the way but like it's why i think about haskell that way Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's why when my dad retires and that house is sold i will I will be something to deal with. Time, you know? <laughs> it will be very, very tough for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One word to summarize what it was like when you were young. Joyful. Hmm. No, it's so, it's so nice. Yeah. Haskell, man. Haskell, New Jersey. Okay. That was the first episode of when you were young. I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks a lot for listening. And uh, in our next episode, which should be out next week, the roles will be reversed. So I will uh, learn all about a young Chelsea Wall. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you next time.